Right now, 90% of healthcare providers still depend on manual processes. We need to change this stat, stat. At RICO, we capture, connect, and secure unstructured data to unlock the power of your information. This helps providers speed up intake, ensure accurate information, and optimize operations. To us, there's no such thing as TMI. RICO, imagine change. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Sassy Soulversations podcast. I'm your host, Tierney Jordan. For those of you who know, and for those of you who don't, Sassy Soulversations is a community that facilitates the exploration and expansion of what it means to live at the intersections of being a sassy, soulful, and spiritual individual. I have curated this digital sacred space for us to be all of those things together. Happy Women's History Month! Um, so welcome to the month that celebrates all the amazing things that women have done and are continuing to do in this world. Shout out to us. We are great. We did that. We are doing that. We are all of that. Um, and so as you are listening to this podcast introduction, I would encourage you to reach out to a woman in your life who has had an impact on you, whether recently or in your past, and let them know you're thinking about them. Um, let them know that they crossed your mind and that they really are special and important to you. We want to make sure that we celebrate and love on the women in our lives every month, but especially this month as we celebrate women's history. Um, Let's get into donations and ways you can support the podcast. So some are monetary and others are not. To financially support the podcast, you can join us on Patreon. I want to give a special shout out to all of our patrons. Your support makes the podcast possible. You can join the Patreon community by heading over to patreon.com backslash I am Tierney J. The link to the Patreon and all other show, show details are available in the show notes. So please be sure to check those out. There are also non-monetary ways that you can support the podcast. These include subscribing, liking, leaving a review of the podcast, good or bad. We want to know what you're thinking. Um, your suggestions and affirmations will only help us to improve the show. So please make sure that you are liking, subscribing, and leaving a review for the podcast. Um, you can also support by sharing the podcast on social media and in your personal networks. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Sassy Soul Pod, and you can follow us on Facebook at Sassy Soulversations Podcast. Um, all of your support for the podcast is greatly appreciated. It does not go unnoticed. Every um, ounce of support, every ounce of love, every like, every comment, they all make my heart smile. So I definitely appreciate, appreciate all of your support. If you have any questions you would like us to answer on future episodes of the show, any topic suggestions, any new segments you would like to see, please feel free to send an email to sassysoulpod at tyrannyjordan.com. Again, all of this information is available in the show notes, so we look forward to connecting with you soon. All right, now let's mosey on over into the word of the week since we've gotten all of the housekeeping out of the way. <music> We start every episode with the word of the week. The word of the week is for us as a community to discuss and expand the meaning of the words we use to define our spirituality. So this week's word is storytelling. Storytelling describes the social and cultural activity of sharing stories, sometimes with improvision, theatrics, or embellishment. 
Every culture has its own stories or narratives, which are shared as a means of entertainment, education, cultural preservation, or instilling moral values. And so as I think about the ways in which storytelling applies to our spirituality and the way I would like us to use it here in the Sassy Soversations community, I'm just reminded of how each of the interviews is a story within itself. Each of the interviews talks about the intersections of being sassy soulful and spiritual in a unique person's life and how telling those stories, giving voice to those stories, being in community with those stories really does connect us to the divine within ourselves, the divine within our community and the um the supreme being God, the ultimate divine one. And so I just really think that storytelling is a good word to add. It doesn't necessarily have to be used with an altered meaning or an, ab- an adapted definition like we sometimes do. But I think storytelling in general is just a good word for us to have in our Sassy Silverstations vocabulary and to incorporate it into the ways in which we think about our spirituality. Um, even if you think about it from a more traditional perspective, preachers tell stories all the time. Spirit mediums tell stories all the time. That embellishment and improvision definitely comes in in the Black Baptist preaching moment. And so storytelling is something that we've traditionally seen in church. And I think this way is a little bit different, but it still goes on to prove that same point of making our stories heard, putting voice to the things that are important to us so that we preserve them and that we don't lose them and that they are fully embodied in the ways in um, which we know and be and live. And so um, this will come up a little bit later in the podcast as well as we talk about quotes and scriptures that are important to Tiffany. But I definitely think this is a word that resonates well with the Sassy Soversation community. So you all know the drill. Do you believe this is a word we can add to our Sassy Soversation vocabulary for defining spirituality? You think we can do it? I think we can do it. Ah, some sauce. Alrighty, now let's mosey on over into this week's interview. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This week, joining us for a sassy conversation, we have Tiffany Stubbs. I had the pleasure of meeting Tiffany since I have been at McAfee. We have been journeying through seminary together, um, sometimes in person, sometimes virtual, as we are living through a whole panini press outside. But um, Tiffany is awesome. I love her personality. Like those people that you meet and you just instantly have a connection with, we became fast friends like our text message thread is hilarious she check in on me i check in on her she is awesome to be around always laughs always smiles a great great joy so i want to welcome her to the podcast tiffany tell us a little bit about you and who you are and the things that you're passionate about first let me say i feel like i've arrived almost sassy soul versations (laughs) With the woman that's theologian herself, Tierney, uh, thank you so much for lifting me just like you do. Always uplifting, so I really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I'm Tiffany Stubbs. Um, you know, this is a question I always get and I always hesitate because I'm like, wait, who am I? But I know who I am, y'all. Um, I'm Tiffany Stubbs. I am a third-year student at McAfee um, alongside my beautiful cohort. And I... Um, I'm a pharmacist as well and a minister. And so I'm passionate about the intersection of missions, medicine, and ministry. I see them as a triad working together um, so that we we may all have and attain, in a sense, wholeness. So that's a little bit about me. 
That's awesome. And so we want to thank you so much for being here. Here at Sassy Silverstations, we are committed to exploring what it means to navigate the world at the intersections of being sassy, soulful, and spiritual. And so for us, sassy is that woman's talk back version of sass, that you're being grown. You got, you always got something to say. You got a little roll in your neck and a little side in your eye, you know, that type of girl. And so what does sassy mean for you? And how do you feel like you embody sass? Yeah, um, great question. So for sassiness to me, it is definitely debunking what um, white supremacy has tried to place on African-American women and those stereotypes about being an angry black woman or um, trying to put our responses in a box. So for me, sassiness is about being authentic to yourself and however that sassiness may come. It may come in dress. It may come with a little rolling of the eyes, a little neck, um, <laughs> a little neck thing, neck popping. But I feel like the essence of it is that you, as a person, as an individual, you're being yourself and you are comfortable with your responses without being apologetic at every move. So that's how I view sassiness. That's awesome. I think the unapologetic part stood out for me. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be fully myself and fully authentic and ain't no apologies here. So I like that. I like that. Um, And so next we have Soulful. And so um, as we're filming this episode, we are still in Black History Month. When it comes out, it'll be have finished. But um. It's like the blackity, blackity, black, like, you know, embracing the culture, embracing the people, making sure that my blackness and our blackness is shown in everything that we do is um, centered as a part of our identity and not try to be pushed off to the side. And so that's for, that's what soulful is for us. What does soulful mean for you? And how do you feel like you embody that soul? I am definitely in love with that definition that you cast out. (laughs) That was awesome. Such a great embodiment of the world, the word soul. For me, soul is, um, it takes on many different forms, but especially as I stand as an African-American millennial woman, I believe that soul is the essence of me, essence of ancestors, essence of those who have touched my life along the way. Because wherever I go, I feel like I bring a little bit of gladness. That's my grandmother. A little bit of Melinda. That's my mama. A little bit of my pastor, uh, Deborah. I don't get to call it Deborah all the time. So a little bit of everybody and, you know, friends, you know. Um, and so all of that empowers me to be a, um authentic Black woman. I know you're going to hear me saying it a lot, but I really, I'm really big about being authentic because I believe that truly in the word of God in Psalms when it says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, like we don't have to be a certain prototype. We're our own type. And so being our own type means that no matter where I come from, I'm bringing all of my black experience. I'm bringing all of my blackness. I'm bringing a part of Tiffany to like to go to fish fries. And I feel like this uh, <laughs> food for my soul, the, the Tiffany that likes to eat, cornbread and greens with elders you know and, and chat it up or even a Tiffany that you know may eat some wings with um tyranny or any other friend you know so I'm bringing all of that and so also looking at soul is also a part of our energy I believe so the energy that we carry um and I'm very mindful of that and I, I just told a friend today that um God has been really dealing with me about paying attention to where I feed my energy so with soul, you know, you, it's what you feel like deep down. And so you have to know those inklings when you get like, mm, that ain't right. You know, you, you pay attention to that. So for me, soul is, is everything. It's, it's all, you know, it's, it's showing up and being Tiffany at all times, but also knowing that I'm showing up with a whole gang behind me, you know, <laughs> or, <Yes>. uh, <laughs> or the experiences that I have within me, I'm showing up with that same type of passion. Yeah, and just remembering that you got a whole village of people that got your back. Some yeah. earth side, some not earth side, but at the end of the day, they got your back. So that's what's up. Um, 
And then last, but certainly not least, we have spiritual. And so for us, we are committed to the seek. We are committed to the journey. We are committed to the process. And so um, whatever that looks like, Christianity, if you if you grew up Christian and you no longer identify with that, whatever the journey looks like for you, whatever allows you to connect most with the divine, being committed to that journey and that process. And so what does spiritual mean for you? And how do you feel like that's something that you embody? Great questions. Um, wow. So um, spiritual means to me, it's tapping into the part of yourself that may not be readily seen. And when I say that, I'm saying the part of yourself that connects with the divine. And that is however you call the divine. And it is um, the invisible, but the visible. And so what I mean about that is that I've, I've Personally, we very much act out of spirit. Um, this is a spirit that kind of like centers our soul um, and our sass to me. And so spiritual to me means how we are connected, but also how we connect with God. In my case, you know, I'm my favorite name for God is El Shaddai, all sufficient one, because that keeps me grounded in knowing myself that, hey, I can't do everything, but I can depend on what I believe to be my El Shaddai. And it says that El Shaddai means all sufficient. So it's, it's there in God. And my favorite poet, Maya Angelou, says it way better than me. But she says that um, when she thinks about her relationship with spirituality, it's just thinking that one becomes one. And I'm heavily paraphrasing. And that's how I feel like that's what spirituality and that's what spiritual looks to me. I feel like I embody it because I try to live out the truth of my spirit. And so when I get an unction from spirit or just like I said, it was soul, I just see them like interworking together at all times. And I'm trying to be very careful on how I embody uh, spirit. So when, when people interact with me, I want the embodiment of spirit to um, reflect love, to reflect compassion, but also to reflect the uncanny honesty and willingness to continue to be myself no matter what space I find myself in. Yeah, and I think that being able to embody your spirituality no matter where you are is really important. It's like, okay, well, I don't only have to do this in church. I don't have to only do this in spiritual conversations. Spirit and the divine is with me and inside me everywhere I go. And so I don't feel the need to compromise that or try and push it back in any form or any fashion. So yeah, I really like that. So um, let's go ahead and dive into the things that you are most passionate about. Um, in your intro, when you were talking about who you are, you talked about how you view the world um, at the intersections of mission, medicine, and ministry. I don't know if I said it in the right order, but those was the words. And so tell us um, a little bit about what those intersections look like for you and how you knew that that is the work that you were called to do. Yeah. um, So for me, and you did it, it's not a specific order. That's why I love it. It's kind of more like a triangular circle, like all parts are equal to me. Um, So Growing up, I didn't really know that this was my calling per se, but I've always been very inclined with medicine to learn. Um, my grandmother raised me and she was um, ill for the majority of my life on and off. And so I had to learn some things really quick about medicine. So that was my first initial grab. And then as far as missions, it's just a part of me. I love outreach. Um, I love like trying to just seek as you were saying with spirituality, seeking a way to help others and to help others feel empowered and renewed. And so that's how that came along. And then um, ministry. Now, ministry is the one that I won't say it's a surprise. Like I've always worked in church ministry and and heard different things. But just seeing how my calling can, my calling in pharmacy as well as my calling in preaching and ministry can work together has been a journey, to say the least. Um Sometimes I felt like, especially in undergrad, people were trying to get me to choose one. But I'm so grateful that even though I didn't know what it was, I didn't know what intersectionality was at that time, that I knew that, no, all these things work together for me. And so basically, 
they work together for me fulfilling purpose because I believe that we all should have equal access to becoming whole. And then wholeness is a journey. And there will be times in life that you will actually, in a sense, get unwhole, made up that word again. But you can always come back around, whether it's through getting holistic medicine or medicine or doctors prescribe or finding your wholeness and helping someone else. That's the mission aspect or through ministry, how you connect with the divine, how you connect with God or how you connect with um, how you see spirituality. So that's kind of how they all go. Yeah. And so dibbling and dabbling in each area at all aspects of your life and um, every part of the calling that you feel like you're walking out. So I want to dig a little bit into your pharmacy bag because, you know, you a whole pharmacist. She's Dr. Tiffany out here in these streets. Um, And so you mentioned holistic medicine. And so I know that a lot of people might be like, wait, well, she's a pharmacist and she's talking about holistic medicine. So I think, can we talk a little bit more about that intersection of like holistic medicine versus traditional forms of medicine in the both and that can exist there yeah um and i'm definitely a both and person so that was my other answer um when you're trying to treat a particular condition in your body is one thing you have to know we all have unique bodies so there are two things always happening how you how your body is responding to the medicine and how the medicine is responding to your body so even if it may be holistic or traditional medicine and I like preach and teach all the time, you're still going to experience some type of side effects because everybody is different. And so the, you're introducing something just like food to your body that's like, whoa, what's that? So you, while one person may experience sweat, the other person may not. So just keeping in mind um, that aspect uh, of both of the two with holistic medicine, natural medicines, and with traditional medicines that is basically, I try to push personal protocols and medicines because I feel like, Everyone should be treated not just like it's a blanket, generalized, well, this is what you get for this person. We should do a little more examinations, a little more emotional pulling on the person, see where they're at, and then prescribe medicines in that form. Um, as far as traditional medicine, um, I also believe to complement traditional medicine, you have ways to lower your blood pressure. So we should all do those things holistically that we can, but I am, um, as a science background, I do see the evidence in science. So this is where the faith component comes in for me. Um, I've done research on how faith affects how you, um, receive medical treatment. And sometimes there's been a pull because some people may feel like, well, I'm fasting and I want to believe, you know, divine or whoever you may call God to do this for me but you have actually a healing agent in your hand. And so that's something that I'm trying to continue to explore and, you know, basically show that you can be in a both and you can still have faith and take your medicine. And um, if you receive healing, you can still um, not take your medicine and, and have the faith. So they like work together. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it does. <laughs> And so um, I want to backtrack. I think I should have did this before I asked you the question. But can you make some can you do some general definitions for us? So like holistic medicine, I heard you say natural medicine and then like traditional medicine. So can we like can we go back a little bit and do some definitions? Yes. Yes. OK, so um, basically we'll start with traditional and traditional medicine is like you go to CBS and things you pick from the pharmacy that are made um through manufacturing companies that are heavily regulated by the government. That's the biggest difference between those and naturals. That's the biggest difference. The government heavily, FDA heavily regulates. And when I say regulate, they make sure that the medicine is safe, effective, and as much as possible won't do any harm. And so um, natural medicines or AKA holistic or complementary for some people they are um, not as regulated, so you have the liberty at home to make you some tyranny pills, right? Without the government coming in and saying, well, you got to do it in this specific order, or you got to have this ingredient. So um, on both sides, there are pluses and kind of minuses. One with natural medicines, since they're not regulated by FDA, you have to really trust the company that makes it because that doesn't mean that a company is really giving you all of what you need, Um 
in a medicine. So say you you buy melatonin over the counter. They could have cheated you a little bit, to be honest. You know, I won't get in trouble. <laughs> but they could have cheated you a little bit. It just depends on the company. So that's basically the main difference. A lot of people like um, holistic, complementary, um, natural medicines because you do have a lesser liability or lesser chance receiving some type of side effects because they're not filled um, the same way, like with the regulations. So those are kind of like the main differences. So basically over-the-counter medicines that you can grab um, without like Tylenol and stuff, but um, those type of medicines, melatonin, um, uh, soy, uh, estrogen, all those kind of, those are like natural and turmeric, you know, holistic ways that people have studied to heal yourself. But then you also have traditional medicine that scientists have studied that can promote healing and increase life mortality as well. Awesome. Thank you for clarifying and giving us. Is some that clear, clear? Because I can go on and on talking about it. Yeah, I think that's clear. Okay. So like holistic medicine is not regulated and comes from the earth to a certain extent. And yes. then the traditional medicines are regulated and they have, they're created in the lab. Yeah. Okay, girl. Thank you. Okay. Look at me. Look at me. Um, but yeah. And so as we think about that, and as we hold it in conversation with our faith, which you talked about a little bit earlier, what do you say to the people who, um, who have had bad experiences with medicine, who've had bad experiences with it as it relates to their faith, as it relates to the way they show up in the world, because they're black, because they're a person of color, because they're a woman, because they've had a doctor who didn't listen to them, who didn't advocate for them. Um, when you have all of those things in conversation with each other, what where does that leave you? Yeah. Um, another area I'm passionate about and you just hit it is health disparities and health um, inequities um, so basically health inequities are the lack of activities being saturated with corner stores anything that does not add to our health holistic well-being so it puts us at a disadvantage and therefore um, African Americans in particular and people of color are predisposed to many health disparities so being despair like showing up and having a higher incidence of high blood pressure diabetes and and um, different illnesses. So definitely, um, I'm an advocate for like providers to do soul work on not acting out of implicit biases. Um, that's definitely a problem in the healthcare system in general, and. It's also complicated by structural and systemic racism, by policies that are in place. They kind of keep implicit biases alive. Um, someone come to me and they're concerned because of their previous experience. My first thing is, hey, let's try to, if I personally can touch, let's try to do some ad and what experience they had. Um, I feel like we can't give up on ourselves. And although we may have experienced some type of um, mistreatment or something like that, our health is is our life. So we got to push, you know, we got to fight for it. And so I definitely advocate for um, exerting your own agency, but that agency might be coming through talking to a family member who likes their doctor, trying to, you know, just see how you can connect with that doctor. Just don't quit. That's what I always say. You had a bad experience, but this is your health. So you got to, there is somebody that cares. There is somebody that um as a person of color that has that compassion and experience, somebody that can definitely treat you and get you on, uh, keep you on the road of uh, good health or get you on the road of good health. So that's really my um, response to that. I, I still push that you need to, as much as possible, find somebody. In the case of medicines and men derailed by implicit biases, by people not wanting to give you like pain medication because you're black, you're young, all those different things that um, come into play, um, again, I say advocate and assert agency. And if you're not a person who speak up for yourself, bring somebody to the doctor with you. This, this is another time you can bring JoJo and cousin them that know how to speak up, you know, <laughs> and allow them to come to the doctor and be a part of your um, wellness journey so they can advocate for you as well. Um, so that's it. 
Yeah, I think that's really important because we don't want to have the conversation and act like the um, disparities aren't there, the implicit biases aren't there. But we also want to acknowledge how important it is for us to take care of ourselves and for us to go to those doctor's appointments. And just because we've had one bad experience doesn't mean that we should give up, even though sometimes it feels like, well, dang, I always got to advocate for myself. Every time I go to the doctor, I always got to tell them. I asked them a question and they say, well, no, I don't really think that applies to you. And then you got to ask the question, well, will you write that in my chart that I asked you and you said no? And then they look at you and they're like, well, maybe we can do it. And I'm like, well, I got to do this every time that I come to the doctor when you could just tell me, yes, you can do the test because you don't know how my body feels. I know how my body feels. And so I just think that the, the justice aspect that goes along with that is definitely a fight. But I think what you said about making sure that you advocate for yourself and you don't give up on yourself is really really important yeah and bring your receipts like start taking you know for women especially women in all ages childbearing whatever age you may find yourself in you don't have to succumb to hot flashes that are extreme you know your body so if somebody tell you oh it's just regular part of menopause don't accept that like no um if you are still experiencing menstruation like oh and the cramps are too bad don't just take um well, it'll get better, lie down. No, you need to write a journal, keep up, you know, not even trying to be graphic, take a picture, know how your body, uh, what comes from your body, how it looks and the consistency, like know all of those things and advocate for yourself in that way as well. Like have your receipts, like have your receipts and have your receipts not only on, if you do have to go, because I know insurance insurance policies sometimes derail this as well because you might have to, stick with a particular um, doctor or a practitioner remind them no last time you didn't listen to me and I actually had this happen so I need you to listen this time so that's all a part of like advocating for ourselves and even if you go to a a play or something remind them of it you know Um, you get receipts there anyway because they show you like all the side effects. So just ask the question. So definitely like inserting yourself in your own health is what I would say. Yes. And so I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about your seminary journey and how that has affected your relationship to um, ministry and medicine. And so um, I don't don't know if everyone here knows, but I know that you got your pharmacy degree first before you enter into seminary. And so as you think about the spiritual aspects and as it relates to the mission and ministry part of the intersectionalities of your calling, how do you feel like your seminary journey has um, advanced that kind of pushed back at some of the things that you were thinking about? How has that being added into the conversation affected what you feel like you have been called to do? Yeah, I think the hard, I start with the challenge. The most challenging for me has been this whole thing we have in seminary called discernment process. Um, sometimes I feel like I've just been on a discerning journey like over and over again and discerning like when the time is right or how will um, how will things unfold for me? Like, will I be preaching pharmacy or will I have to, in one season of my life, concentrate only on pharmacy, you know, still do ministry, but may I may not can have a full-time uh, ministry at that point. So that's been like my hardest journey, just trying to see how they're going to unfold all together. Um, some of the most rewarding things are uh, the things I'm learning about spirituality, the diversity that I'm learning in class from experiences. I'm trying to keep note of how people interact with the world, how they receive um, emotional intelligence. Um, and I've I've learned so much from womanist theology and I think it's also helping me to like in mother Cannon voice, like do the work my soul must have. Cause it's like, I feel empowered, you know, like, wow, she said this, so go do it. So those are definitely um, some aspects of what has been rewarding. Sometimes what is confusing is like the timing of everything. Cause like you said, I'm in seminary after pharmacy so sometimes I feel like, God, <laughs> are you sure about this? But um, I'm very hopeful. And I think also, you know, learning things like the both and, how we can exist in the both and, how we can hold on to tension. Like all of this um, empowering, liberative language, I feel like I'm going to take to a mission 
um, opportunity. I, I've I've had that opportunity to do that. I've, I'm taken to the pharmacy. These this type of new terminology that I'm even learning how to recognize. So those are all things, and definitely understanding that everybody's on different spectrum of spirituality and how their spirituality may affect how they interact with the world and see themselves. You know, so. Yeah, I think learning about intersectionality and learning about the tension that sits in the both and has been been rewarding aspects of seminary that can apply to any aspect of your life. So whether it's spirituality, whether it's working on your job, whatever your nine to five is, whatever your passion projects are, if you're trying to start a new business, whatever it is, whatever phase you are in life, I think sitting in the tension of the both and and recognizing the intersectionality of your lived experience each and every day really allows you to say, oh, okay, I can do this. And um, like not just living in the the like, oh, OK, these are the beautiful parts of what I'm experiencing right now. But being able to sit in the I don't know what the heck I'm doing parts and be like, oh, but I'm just going to keep on doing it until it looks like it's coming into fruition, into something. And so like enjoying the journey, the process, the the evolution of all of those things happening at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, just to piggyback off what you, and I feel like in seminary that has become our word, piggyback. And to your point, we keep saying that a lot. So, um, the phrases, I enjoyed the phrases as well. Um, but yeah, just knowing that we can be in a both and, and that you actually can sit with, um, hope, suffering, like all those things at one time, like that. I think it's been liberating to say that you could be fearful and faithful at the same time. Like, Imagine how my conversation goes talking to someone either wherever I may find them, like in a ministry, somebody is scared about their calling. You know, I can say, well, no, you you got faith you're going to do it, but you still can be fearful about it in the pharmacy. Yes, you can be afraid to take your medicine, but you got faith that it's going to help you. You know what I'm saying? So just knowing that I have this access to now to help others uh, is really, really liberating for me. Yes, that's awesome. And so um, as we prepare to shift gears just a little bit, I wanted to ask, what is your favorite scripture quotes or saying and why? Leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <sighs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> uh, y'all, I love words. So I know I'm talking super loud now because I love words. So she don't ask me a million dollar question, y'all. Um, can I do a scripture and maybe a quote, please? <laughs> Go for it. You can do both. You can do both. <laughs> okay. So one of the uh, scriptures that I love is Galatians 6 and 9 and 10. Like, don't go weary and well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Just all of those components um, help me to stay grounded and centered. And not even that I'm looking for a big harvest. But just knowing that the work that I'm putting in, whether it's late nights, whatever work, doing the work that my soul must have, like there is going to be a harvest. And when I see the harvest, it's about the lives that God would just allow me to touch briefly, you know, like or the smiles or sitting with somebody in silence um, going through a crisis. Like those are the things that help me to stay grounded. So there's definitely... A scripture that I use. Um, Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. And um, it's the growing part for me that really gets me. Like, how you don't grow? How, how you don't? How you not grow weary? But it's like, no, don't grow. Don't even allow that seed to plant. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may feel weary. Get you some more water. Call a sister girlfriend to water your, <laughs> to water your garden. And then keep it going. So, there's definitely... Um, that's definitely my scripture. Um, I try to think about um, 
Where do I love phrases? It's you for me is a phrase I love now. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with my um, Angelo words. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. And for me, it means a lot because I feel like we all have a story. We all have a testimony. Truth telling is definitely a part of our journey. And I know that I've experienced times when I was silent, when I wanted to speak. And it keeps me motivated to speak and use my own voice, you know, however that may be. So those are two of my things. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the scripture first. So don't grow weary in well-doing. And it just makes me think about how doing the work that a lot of us are doing, which is justice-oriented work, which is mission-driven work, the reward is not always present. So the reward for the work that you're doing and the fruition of the work that you're doing doesn't always come as fast as we would want it to. But we have to remember that we're not just doing this work for ourselves. We're doing this work for our peers who are growing, who are stretching, who are learning alongside us, for the generations of people who are yet to come, who are going to benefit from the advancements that we've made. And so even though we don't necessarily see the harvest being produced in real time, like we would expect or like we would hope, we got to remember the lives that are being changed through the process and on the other side. And then as you continue doing the work for, you know, like months and months and years and years and struggling and struggling to be like, whoo, I'm still doing this work. Then you start to see the testimonies that come through. You start to see the people who like, man, the work that you're doing about ministry and medicine and intersections is really changing my life. And like, even when people tell me that they really enjoy the podcast, I still look at them like my podcast. Oh, okay. And like, we haven't even been doing the podcast that long. And so just thinking about the lives that you're changing. And even though you don't see the work, like you don't see the reward maybe on a scale that you would want to just yet, remembering those people who are who are advancing, who are growing, who are learning, who are stretching because of the work that you're doing, whatever industry that is that you're in. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Tyranny and preacher, preacher, y'all. A preacher, for real, for real. So, she done jump-started me. I'm trying to preach the text. I'm like, wait a minute. And one version says, the Passion Translation says, don't allow yourselves to be weird. So, okay, I'm going to stop. But um, when we think about the word grow too, it really means to increase in size. So we, it's an acknowledgement that weariness is very possible, can be there. Again, we're saying about, you know, the both and. And I, I love that you brought that up, like the work of justice, the work of soul healing, um, going just being, if I can say it so frankly, just being black in ourselves, like bearing blackness is a work, you know? So don't even talk about when you bear your blackness in your purpose and how you may, you know, encounter weariness. But that's why I like the scripture too, because I feel like it allows for weariness. It's just say like don't grow in it. Don't increase in it, you know? Because um, when you're increasing it, that's when you fight. You know what I'm saying? So... A word for us, sisters, brothers, whoever listening, we're not going to faint in the doing because we ain't going to increase in our weariness. I'm out. (laughs) Tiffany's talking about I'm preaching. Tiffany preaching. She got three points on her clothes. Okay. So, and I think this text has been used um, to tell people that they're not supposed to get weary at all. And I don't think, like based on what you're saying, I don't think that's what it says. It says don't allow it to increase. Don't allow it to grow. So that's acknowledging I'm going to have bad days. That's acknowledging that sometimes this is going to feel uncomfortable. I am going to want to throw in the towel. I am going to want to quit. I just got to remember the reason behind why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. Therefore, staying the course to get it done. And so um, that was good. That was good. I want to talk about the quote. So could you say it again? Refresh our memory about what Mother Maya said. Excuse me, an older millennial trying to unmute. Um, yes, she's, <laughs> she says that there's a no greater agony than bearing a story untold. And that just speaks volumes to me from mother. 
Yeah, it's making me think about the um, last episode of the podcast where Maya was talking about um, journaling and she talks about the importance of telling your stories and how um, she said something along the lines of if you write it down, then like it never dies because you it doesn't die until the last person, like you, your legacy doesn't die until the last person speaks your name or something along those lines. But she was just saying the importance of writing our stories, the importance of telling our stories that way. It doesn't harvest or harbor on the inside of you. It allows to come out. Whether it's a positive story, you allow those positive emotions to come out of you. Whether it's a negative story, you allow those negative emotions to get out of your body, not just live there rent free. And so whatever the story is, whatever is connected to it in whichever way, it gets to come out of you. It gets to be released into um to the journal and to the something that you either put on display or throw away, whichever, whichever side of the coin it falls on, but it gets to get out of you. It gets to be released. Yeah. Um, to piggyback on what you said, and it's an importance of telling our stories too, um, for our heritage, because that's how we help liberate others that are along the journey with us and those who are to come. And, I don't know if you remember, but the verses with Jill Scott and Erica Badu, it was so healing for me because throughout they were telling stories. Like Jill was saying, like, I was so nervous and so excited when I first met you. I was sitting in your concert, Erica. Erica saying, like, yeah, girl, I'm glad you got that song. You killed it. Like, just like small stories, but so much healing, I believe, was like um in the atmosphere, even through like technology, because it's our power when we tell our stories, you know, because you just never know how your story can influence, inspire, impact somebody else. Yeah. And just thinking about thinking about oral tradition. So a lot of times, um, you know, in scholarship, they say if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. But there is beauty in the oral telling of stories. So whether you record speaking your words out loud, whether you do it interview style, similar to how we record the podcast. And so thinking about the value in telling stories orally and the value in writing them down. I think there's there's value in both. There's room for both. There's necessity in both. I don't know. That just that just came up for me. I was like oral tradition, something, something stirred in the back of my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. And just thinking about how oral tradition has really kept our heritage. Like we're able to understand so much about our history without it always being written because we've had, you know, those before us telling us stories, retelling stories, like just because it's telling you about their high school experience, like all of that um, comes into play for like life experiences and learning. And another thing, like even on the medicinal side, when you tell your story about fibroids or whatever you may be experiencing, that helps somebody else because they probably was thinking that it was okay for the doctor to deny them pain medications. But we have to get out here and tell our stories like, no, that's not okay. This is what happened to me and I don't want this to happen to anybody else. So definitely love. Let's keep this oral tradition going. And I'm glad you have the podcast to be a part of it. Thank you, thank you. And then you see how Tiffany brought it back full circle. She put that medicine back in there. She's like, yes, you need to be telling your stories in all aspects, in all areas of your life. Um, This has been a beautiful conversation. So I want to shift gears and again and ask you what is in store for you in the future? What can we expect to see from Tiffany? Um, Has anyone told you that you answer these Oprah questions? Like, (laughs) Um, what's in store for me is basically, um, a generalized statement is that I want to continue showing up being authentically Tiffany. Um, and so I want to find ways to share my authenticity, um, in ministry. So right now I'm just, uh, really asking God, doing some soul searching about what, uh, creative portal does he, does God want me to birth? Um, and how to go forth with that. And so um, that's one thing. So you can definitely expect, hopefully, soon to see me in, I don't know, I, I guess I'll share. I'm going to jump out on faith since this is a sassy soul versations. You know, maybe having my own pharmacy um, 
one day. So um, you can definitely expect that. And just really trying to um, hone in on my own hermeneutical lens and share and empower others. So you can find me in these streets doing a little bit of something like that. <laughs> Yes, that's what's up. Um, putting things out into the atmosphere, speaking our words, speaking our visions, all those things are important and they have power. So we want to thank you so much for trusting us with your truth and um, your visions and the things that you see yourself doing in the future. And so how can the people connect with you? How can they reach out to you and stay in contact with all of the great things you have going on? Okay, definitely. I'm on IG, Instagram. It's at Dr. Tiff14. Um, on Facebook, under my name, Tiffany Stubbs. And you can reach me those uh, that way. Um, if you DM me on either platform, I'll send you my personal email. We can chat, talk. Yeah, any questions, just let me know. Awesome. And we want to thank you so much for spending some time here with us today in the Sassy Silverstations community. As we wrap up the interview, is there anything else that's on your heart that you would like to share with us? Anything else before we wrap up today's episode? Yeah, I want to thank you again for extending this like invitation, giving me an opportunity to share, you know, for seeing me. So I, I really appreciate that, Tierney. That's so sweet. Um, and I guess I would say to the audience, like, just continue to be you because somebody needs you. And when I say they need you, they need the essence of your sass, the essence of your soul, the essence of your spirit. And that's what I would say. Like, continue to be you, show up in spaces, and disrupt them if you can. And then other times, if you got to stand in the back, that's okay, too. But find ways to disrupt when you can. So that's it. <laughs> so Tiffany had to be fancy and share a quote and a scripture with us because sometimes it's just too hard to choose one. Um, and so I think as we embark upon the one year anniversary of the coronavirus pandemic and the varying levels of quarantine we have been experiencing since then, the scripture stands out to me the most to use for our centering our centering text for the benediction and blessing. And so we're going to use the scripture that Tiffany shared with us. Galatians 6 and 9 in the English Standard Version says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so something about this scripture brings me hope, even in the midst of all the things that we can't control. Um, we have a government that does not always act in the best interest of its people, but something about me not growing weary and continuing to do the things that we should do to protect ourselves, like wearing our masks and washing our hands and continuing to social distance makes me feel like the season to reap is on the horizon. And so I know everyone has different positions and opinions about the pandemic as a whole, about the vaccine, about the steps that we're taking, about everything that's going on. But I just want to encourage everyone to do your own research, specifically as it relates to the vaccine. I'm not going to tell you to take it. I'm not going to tell you not to take it. I'm going to tell you to do your own research and do what you think is best for you. But as I think about this scripture and it says not to grow, do, not to grow weary in doing good, which is something that I hope we will continue to be persistent about in doing those good things and doing those things that are thoughtful for not just us, but the other members of our community, not just to protect us, but to protect the the least of these in our community and in our spaces. And so it then goes on to say that in due season, we will reap the reality that exists on the other side. And so I'm just thinking about the reality that's going to exist on the other side of the pandemic. 
because certainly things will not go back to the way that they were before. But whatever this new normal is, I look forward to reaping it based on my ability to not grow weary. But the scripture also says right after that comma, which means that it's included in the sentence and the phrase as well. It says, but we only achieve these things if we do not give up. So we can't reap the harvest even after all of our doing good and not growing weary if we give up. We can't give up. We have to continue to do the unpopular things. We have to continue to be on the right side of justice, even when it's lonely, even when it's tiring, even when it's frustrating, right? And so I know that the anniversary of the pandemic is what's coming up for me, is what's stirring up for me as I hear the text as it's written in Galatians 6 and 9. But I encourage you to think about what is coming up for you. What is something you've been doing for a while and have started to begin to feel weary about? What happens if you give up before you reap the harvest? What happens if you don't give up? So as we think about Galatians 6 and 9, as we think about the pandemic, as we think about the other areas in our life in which things are not going the way in which we thought they should at this particular moment, I encourage you to sit down and really answer those questions. What is it that came up for you and what does it look like on both sides? What does it look like if you give up before your due season? But what does it look like if you don't give up? Let us pray. To the divine being, to the creator, to God, to El Shaddai, we come to you right now and we're letting you know that sometimes we get weary and we just want to be honest and say that in this moment, we feel a little weary. And we're asking that you would allow us to not let the weariness grow. We don't want to pretend like it didn't come. We don't want to pretend like it doesn't exist. We just want to ask that it doesn't grow. That it doesn't grow into something that we can't control. That it doesn't grow into something that takes over the ultimate purpose of the original project. We just ask that we allow the emotions to come up, that we allow the emotions to go through our body, and that we can continue on doing the work that we have been called to do, that we don't allow this weariness to grow. And as we reflect on what it is that we have become weary about, we pray that you would ignite within us a fresh fire to complete the task, a fresh fire to do this work, a fresh fire to run this race, to carry out the mission that you have given to us. And so God, we know that you can. We're trusting that you will. And we are grateful that you have put us in community that allows us to be honest, that allows us to be vulnerable, And that allows us to be in relationship with you. For these and all things, we are grateful. We are thankful. We say amen and ashe. Well, that is all for this week's episode of Sassy Soversations. If you enjoyed the show, I'm asking that you please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate us and leave us a review. You can connect with the podcast on Instagram at Sassy Soul Pod. Check us out over there and be sure to save, share, and comment. If you have any questions you would like us to answer on the show, any topic suggestions, or just anything 
in general you would like to share with this community that is your community, please feel free to send an email to sassysoulpod at tyrannyjordan.com. Again, a super special shout out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. You make the work that we do here at Sassy Soulversations possible. If you would like access to ad-free versions of the podcast and a digital download of this week's benediction, please check us out over there at patreon.com backslash I am Tyranny J. Um, all of this information is available in the show notes, so it is there if you would like to access it. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Sassy Soulversation community today. I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.